good morning to our Global Origin Gate family. We know that you've been enjoying Wisdom's Echoes daily podcast presented to you by various speakers. Wouldn't you just love the opportunity to have some one-on-one time with them, to hear more of what's in their heart, to have a chance to ask your questions, to grow in your relationship with God, to learn how to apply great truths to your life, not just learn about them. Well, we thought it was a brilliant idea too. So we created Flight School. Head on over to our website to get information on the topics each person has picked to mentor you on. You'll get four weeks with each of our 15 mentors and you'll rotate through all of them over a period of 60 weeks. Registrations are currently open, but not for much longer. You'll need to register by the end of June 2022 because your classes start the first week of July. For information on what each class offers, the dates of your Zoom calls and costs, visit www.thenesttribe.com. See you there. Welcome to Origin Gates Daily Podcast called Wisdom's Echo. I'm Ray Hughes, and I'm going to be sharing with you today, and I want to talk to you about... uh, a few of the verses in the book of James, in chapter 1. And I'm going to be giving more attention to the one that is probably the one that sticks out the most to you. You've probably heard it more often than any of the others in that chapter. And it speaks to us um, about being doers of the Word and not just hearers only. Because it implies that if we're, not, if we're only hearers and not doers of the Word, We're actually living and walking in deception. And it's not some outside source that's deceiving us. It says that we are deceiving yourself. Now, it speaks of, uh, therefore, it says in verse 21, Therefore, lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word, which is able to save your souls. Now, that tells us there there are truths that are implanted, truths that are buried deeply in us, which is able to save our souls and keep our mind, will, and emotion in check and in order and, and healthy and going forward. But it says, and uh, to do that, it says, but be doers of that word and not hearers only. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who who observes his natural face in a mirror. He observes himself, then he goes away and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. So we, we forget who we are unless we become doers of the word and not just hearers. Huh. Most of us know this scripture very well because we've, we've had it uh, cram down our throats at some time. Of course, we need to be doers of the word, but and not merely listeners. But when you, when we hear, but fail to do, it says there in James, and this sounds like a really harsh word, doesn't it? If you hear a truth and you don't do it, you're a hypocrite. Well, unfortunately, most of us just uh, just do not understand the key word in this word. We think when we think of doing from an american mindset what happens is we uh, we will resort to uh, guilt condemnation it's a and performance orientation 
In other words, we'll get to striving to make sure that we do and we accomplish and we perform that word that we that we read about. So you get that word, you get a hold of it. Now we better get to doing this or otherwise we'll be hypocrites. And that's born out. So what do we do? We strive and we strive and we strive to perform this, the word that we have a revelation of. And in striving, what happens is we eventually burn out. Then our hearts harden. And with a hardened heart, you will always drift away from the Lord until we are then once again fully convicted. And then we strive and strive and strive to return and rightly relate to the truth that has been revealed to us again. Wow, what a uh, merry-go-round that's not so merry. But look, the word doer is, is key here. The word doer in James 1.22, it, it's a... It's, of course, it's a, a Greek word pronounced poetese. It's one of the ten Greek words in the Bible from this poi prefix family. The word means, a, now, now catch this, a performer, a poet, a doer. Hmm. A performer, a poet, a doer. Let me let me uh, interject these three words: a performer, poet, doer, also a maker, a producer, an author. Wait, I can hear you thinking. Now, wait a minute. Performer. Performer is bad. Well, performer is bad only when thought of as an expression of striving to earn God's free gift of grace. We don't perform and strive to earn. You know, when it comes to the love of God, love is not a reward for doing right. Love is a gift because love is love. And it's not about performing and getting everything right. Performance is, is bad only when thought of is striving. But there is a healthy, holy performance. But God's free gift of mercy and love and acceptance, see, performance motivation, that's a, that's a worldly motivational tool. It's used by everybody from parents to teachers to pastors to and uh, other forms of authority as well. They, uh, they To manipulate subjects into some sort of a controlled action. It's a bit like uh, dangling a carrot in front of you uh, that you can never reach, but you're always pressing and striving to perform correctly, you think that carrot then will come to you. But performance in the context of Strong's, this is a very different thing. It's, it's speaking of inspired action. And inspired action, it, which, is, which is a product of grace, it's a byproduct. It's not about striving for grace. It's it just grace, of course, is a divine infusion of God's enablement that we don't have to strive for. That, that is a gift from God. And yet, so many people are caught in this religious loop of striving for it. Uh, there's a lot of teachings on worship that have been conditioned, or, or they've conditioned us to this, to be wary of the word performance. That's a bad word. You know, we got a performance spirit and all that. When we, and I know, I, I get it. We've all seen worship leaders who lead worship like they're auditioning for American Idol or something. and uh, But that's one of those performance kind of things that says, look at me, you know, I'm special. And, and you know, there are people out there that uh, get caught in that striving trap like that. But 
Here in, uh, in James one twenty two, what it's speaking of, it's speaking of a, a pure, servant-driven performance where the light is not falling on you or shining on you like a theater spot, spotlight hitting you, but there is a light that shines through us. I don't know if you realize it or not, but until the invention of the printing press, history was primarily oral. Uh, truth and tradition and fable and myth and folklore and and uh, story, all of it came down to us. It was all passed on by storytellers. And, and I like to always remind everybody that a storyteller is a guardian of memories. But they're more than that. See, in days past, our, who we were, our identities, our knowings, our, uh, came to us through these people that performed stories and minstrels, poets they were, or orators and actors. See, poetry was a, was a very high art at one time. Today, uh, poetry has so many different expressions, and also we're experiencing a real revival now in our generation, a revival of poetry as a public art. And that's wonderful, and it's not so wonderful sometimes because the, the high art of the craft has degenerated into anger and bitterness and people throwing their, uh, their political jargon and, uh, and, uh, and all the tension into the atmosphere. And, and what do we do? We've, we find ourselves applauding whoever can rouse the audience to the greater anger. And poetry is is meant to be an important part of a nation's soul. And when you when your country, if your poetry is represented by uh, by uh, you know just rap music, Hallmark greeting cards, and cowboy poetry, and and roses or red, violets or blue kind of stuff, you what does that tell us? It tells us that uh, our our collective soul is ill tells me that we've lost real inspiration and we've uh, decided to lean toward regurgitation. And we're just regurgitating the latest trend that comes down the road or regurgitating the last newscast we heard that is keeping everybody in a row, you know. And uh, that is not the purpose of poetry. That's not the purpose of word. That's not the purpose of truth. And that's not a pure servant-driven performance where the light is shining through you and revealing something of the nature of God. But to be a doer of the word, that's, an, that's a, a word that I, don't, I think we, we most likely overlook quite a, quite a lot because of the striving aspect of it. We think that's what that is, to do something. But, you know, remember I, I said that there were 10 words in the Strong's Concordance with this poi prefix? And did you know that all 10 of them relate to the prophet? A foreteller or an inspired speaker, poet, prophet. And uh, let me just give them to you real quick. Uh, if you were in the Strong's Concordance, you're going to find out that the, they are number one of the 10 uh, words and strongs uh, with this poi prefix. One means to to make or to create. The next one means a product or of workmanship, and that's uh, that is the word poema. And you'll all be familiar with that one in Ephesians two ten. It's certainly one of my favorites, 
And because in, in Ephesians 2.10, that's the verse in the Bible, which basically says that we are God's poema. We are God's poem. We are his handiwork. And uh, 41.62 in Strong's is, it, this word is uh, poise, is a deed or action. And then 41.63 is a poet. 41.64, another in, in the Strong's, is, it means various, diverse. It means manifold, variety. Here, here's a twist for you. It also means to tend as a shepherd or to supervise or to rule. In 4166, that poi word is a shepherd pastor in John 10.2. You also see that same word in 10.11, and 10.12, and 10.14, and 10.16, all there, all there in the book of John. And also, there's a poi word in 4167 that speaks of a flock. 4168, this poi prefix, speaks of a group of believers. Now look how look how broad this continues to get, and lastly, forty one sixty nine, it, it speaks of an individualizing manner, a characteristic of interrogation or to inquire. To be this poi prophet, uh, poi poet prophet, to be a is is to be a prophet literally means to be an inspired speaker. So as you look at the list of poi words that I just gave you there, you're going to see that the base, now let's time together. The base is creativity. Now we're going to kind of go down the list. Look how beautiful this is. It's the base is creativity followed by the product of inspired creativity or workmanship or deed of a poet. Then it's adorned with the multiplicity of creativity. And then it lends the idea that tended by stewardship, get this, a flock into a collective creativity. And finalized with a sparkling touch of individualized creativity. All of that is in the simple little word, be a doer. Now think of that. You know, not a hearer of the word. Not just a hearer of the word, but a doer of that word. And of course, when it speaks of the, the word there, we're really talking about logos. And logos, to be a doer of the logos and not a hearer only. And the logos there is a speech or a word. It's uttered by a living voice. It's the declared thought or the weighty glory that is carried even within the saying itself powerful when you think about it. And God wants us to exa be exactly that, ones who perform His Word, do His Word in an inspired way. See, the inspired way is His light shining through us, illuminating the darkness, and it projects back to Him then and brings Him the glory. See, an improper performance is is, is the world's light shining on us and reacting to and us reacting to that attention. See, a worldly performance is dancing to the piper. Godly performance is dancing with God. 
So to be doers of the word doesn't mean we slavishly and legalistically obey the law of God as much as it means to dance and sing with the living Christ word himself. That word logos there, something said. So to be a doer of the word is to act as an, in an inspired way to the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Does that sound like too much fun? Yes, it is. Yeah, James can be a hard book, and when you need conviction, you just read James, but it's not as hard as we want to make it. After warning us to be the doers and not just hearers, lest we deceive ourselves. I don't want to walk in the deception on this whole thing. I want to look into the perfect law of liberty. Now, let's, let me end with this. It says the perfect law of liberty. Well, the slave in us, the performer in the negative in us, wants us to focus on the law. But the dancer in us sees the word liberty. Ah, so what is this poetry? What makes us a poem? Poem is to be inspired thought, which is expressed through all kinds of disciplines of meter and cadence and music and symbolism and structure and metaphor. And But see, the poet-prophet is an inspired speaker, releasing the very light of the inspired voice. The product is inspired, liberated performance that knows the loving constraints of the beauty of the discipline of God. So anyway, hey, got to go. I'm a little over the time here. Hey, I'll see you next time. God bless you.